Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I had on occasion uh, over the past few days to uh, receive horrible news, different times, different folks, different situations. And there was a moment when I felt a despair try to come on me. Does anybody know what that's like? You know, when it's so big and so vast, you know, if you dent your car, God forbid, you dent your car, okay, you know. You total your car, you know, is everybody alive? Yes, everybody's alive, okay, okay. You go through things when it's, it becomes overwhelming and beyond, beyond your ability to handle it or fix it, there can be a, an invitation from hell to get you to lean on in to hopelessness and despair. And at those times, he likes to whisper things like, well, if God really loved you, then that wouldn't have happened to you. Well, if you were a better parent, then your kids would be serving God. Well, if you, if you, if you didn't eat the salad on your 21-day fast, then you would have had the break. He's a liar. He's the accuser of the brethren. All of you salad eaters, be released from your bondage right now. <laughs> we are in the midst of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And um, as we got into it on Monday, I had a particular fast in mind, and it went just a whole nother level stricter. <laughs> I thought, oh, we better ratchet all the way. This is intense. <laughs> the battle, the, the fight, the, the war. I want to preach to you a message. You don't have notes, and I have some on the fast. It's in the series called The Fast. If you look in the Bible and you'll see uh, in Exodus 17, it's the story of Moses and the people of God who've been brought out of the house of bondage and the first terrorists. The first terrorists, their names are the Amalekites. The first terrorists show up and what they do, if you read it, is they, they come behind God's people and they pick off the tired and the weary and the weak. And they just come behind. They don't take a head-on assignment. They, they don't take the head-on courageous approach. They pick off the weak behind. And that, that Amalekite-type spirit is operating all the time. And if you study and you look at that text, it's amazing because Moses gets his strategy. And the strategy is to go up on the mountain and hold up the rod of God. And whenever the rod of God, I'm of you know this story, it's a great story. Whenever the rod of God is above his head, then they would be winning. Joshua is in the valley fighting the battle. Moses is on the mountain. It's a picture of two generations. It's a picture of those that are elderly up in a place of prayer and those that are younger in the valley. Joshua needed Moses' rod and Moses needed Joshua's sword. And never before in the history of my life, which is not that many years of 55 years, but more than ever before, I'm aware of my mortality. I'm aware of the fact that I, I'm getting a little bit older. Again, I'm contending for 120 years of, of strength of preaching, praying, prophesying, or just get sucked up and raptured on out of here. I don't plan on getting old and indigent, and I'm sure nobody does, but I'm not speaking it. Do you understand? And I'm seeing this synergy of, gen of the generations. I'm seeing the young and the old and everyone in between begin to get together. Even if you were to look around and survey 
the congregation here and even those online, there's people 80, 85 years old, and then we have infants and babies and everything in between. I want to let you know that that is a sign from God. And it's not only all the age groups, it's every nation, it seems, red, yellow, black, and white. Oh, they're precious in his sight. God's touching the nations right from Wasilla and so blessed that he is. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. If you look in heaven, if, you don't, if you're racist, you're going to hate heaven. You'll hate it. Why? Because it's totally mashed up with all kinds of cultures. And if you don't think so, you're probably not going there. You missed a great place to say amen. I do think perhaps the food in heaven is made by Italians, however. <laughs> so Exodus 17, you see Joshua with his sword and the army fighting against the Amalekites. And then you see Moses with the rod of God. It was a shepherd's rod. His career was a shepherd. And God took his career and he turned it into a calling. And it's exactly what many are going through even now. That though you might be an insurance broker, you might be a teacher, you might be a doctor, you might be a lawyer, you might be a laborer, you might be a construction foreman or supervisor, or maybe you're in the ministry, wherever you, or maybe you're a politician. You're my favorite politician, Mayor. <laughs> That's really not saying all that much, is it? You're amazing, though. We really love you. Whatever you do, God will anoint you and take your career and turn it into a calling if you let him do it. The days of, of layman, oh, that's a la the layman, the layman do that. That, that is, that's, that's lame. The layman term is lame. All of us have the same Jesus. All of us have the same Holy Ghost. And there are callings and anointings clearly. And, and come on, you know, Mary didn't come out and preach when it was time for Peter to preach. On the day of Pentecost, Mary didn't come out and say, yes. No, you think she would have had rights. I mean, she birthed him. I'm sure the Catholics would like that, but that's not what happened. Oh, they're probably happy about Peter too. Peter came out. It was Peter's moment to preach and thousands of people got saved that day. I'm telling you that each and every one of us have a calling, have a purpose, have a destiny. Come on, raise your hand to heaven and say, I've got a calling, I got a purpose, I got a destiny. I got a calling, I got a purpose, I got a destiny. I got a calling, I got a purpose, I got, say it again. I got a calling. If you believe it, say, that's right. that's right. And so one of the number one selling books across America a number of years ago by Rick Warren is A Purpose Driven Life. And it is a great book. I met Rick, Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church years ago, and I was able to sit in a group of about 30 pastors. And, you know, if you know me, you know that I tried to grab the chair next to Rick Warren, you know? So I got as close to him as I possibly could without being rude. You know, there's times where you should just take the back seat and let somebody else call you up. But they said, sit wherever you want. I'm like, da, 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 da. Got next to him. He said, well, he's a Baptist, whatever. He's had a huge impact in the nation. And you can say whatever you want about him. Most of it's lies if you try to come up with, oh, he's this mixture of Christian Islam thing, Islamicrist or whatever. Okay, whatever. I, I talked to him. He had none of that, all right? So I'm just saying. I sat there and I talked to him and, and answered questions. I invited him up to Alaska. He says, well, in the will of God, I'd love to come. I'm like, amen. We, we have a building that maybe will fit him here. 
fit the people that would come if we invited them. We'll see what the Lord will do. But he said this, when I started writing the book, The Purpose Driven Life, it was like an unseen hand. Now, he wouldn't say the power of God. He's a Baptist. And some some Baptists are going to say the power of God, but he just didn't use that language, that vernacular. But he said it was like something happened where he would sit down and just write for hours, and the book just poured out of him. Do you know The Purpose Driven Life is the number one selling book besides the Bible of all history? All history? That's what I said. The number one selling book, at least my last look a few years ago, three years ago or so, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren sold more more copies than any other downloaded book or any other bound book other than the Bible. And I'm going to tell you what that means to me. It means to me that many people, and I don't think that pagans are reading The Purpose Driven Life. It means to me that many in the body of Christ don't know that they have purpose, and many in the body of Christ are aimless, and they don't really know, and they're longing for purpose. They're longing to be a part of something, longing even to receive back what Adam lost in the garden. What Adam lost in the garden was was security, significance, and acceptance. He lost all of those things. All sin is is a wrong attempt to get those three needs met. Acceptance, security, significance. And if you think I'm lying, just think about the last time you sinned and then what you were trying to get through that. And so you see you see God's people have a purpose and he was bringing them through back to Exodus 17 and there's this purpose, this glorious purpose that Joshua had, but Moses didn't have that purpose. And the end result was the same, but their functions in it were different. How many of you know the end of that story, Aaron and her? Thank God for all the Aaron's and hers. I endeavor to be that for our senior global pastor, and I thank God for all the people that are that for me. You need people on your right. You need people on your left. You need people standing, agreeing, praying. You need people contending. You need that. We all need that. Listen, the vision and the purpose that God has for your life cannot be accomplished by yourself. Why is that? If it could be accomplished by you, then it's not from God because God's purpose is far bigger. Come on, somebody say it's God's far bigger than just me. You'll see that throughout Scripture. That's a whole nother message. So the Amalekites attack. The purpose is to, is to go into the promised land, and they kind of mess that up, you know. The Amalekites attack, and they're fighting. Moses' rod, this career that's been turned into a call, is over his head. Aaron and her on each side, every time the rod is above his head, they win. Every time the rod is lowered, they lose. It's a picture of intercession. And let me ask you, pastors, many, many watch this program. Let me ask you, business owner, let me ask you, fathers and mothers and family, who's on the mountain? Who's on the, who's up there holding the rod of God over your family? Every single day, we fast and pray, and there must be somebody that holds up. It's a picture of intercession, a picture of standing in the gap. It's a picture of decreeing, proclaiming, and standing on the promises of God. It's a picture of obeying God. You need Joshua, but you need Mo. Sis. And when he, when he, they win, Moses builds an altar and he calls that place, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. In Judges chapter five, how many of you know Judges five, Deborah, is there a Deborah in the house? Deborah. Deborah is a prophetess and a judge. And she prophesies this victory over Jabin, over this wicked king that's coming up against Israel. And uh, I think it's... uh, uh, let me look. 
Jabin's army. Barak. Barak is the, is the general, but he couldn't believe. He couldn't believe the prophetess. Maybe because she was a woman. Maybe because he didn't believe in prophecy. He just, he just, just didn't believe. And she said, okay, well, it's going to happen. I'll go down with you, but it's going to happen. And a wonderful verse in there at the end says that the battle belonged to the Lord. Moroz was cursed. It's this village, this group of people, because they didn't come to help the Lord. It was this battle that the, that the Lord won. And you, in fact, you will see throughout the scriptures, the battle belongs to the Lord. And so I, as I went through this challenge of just a momentary despair, I got a text from my daughter who sends me this, and she has this prophetic ability to send me music that is so from the Lord, right exactly on the second I need it. She's done it over and over and over again. And I sat there, I, I had woken up the, a day after great difficulties. I had 36 texts, countless emails, all kinds of phone calls. I heard wind of this that had happened, but I hadn't put my hand to it yet. We had others leading, thank God for Minister Barry, thank God for so many people that served here. We had the other problem. I had my own house problems. We had all kinds of challenges and people with difficulties. And the Lord spoke to me and said, don't touch your phone. You get in the word, don't do anything. I was even a little rude to my family, which I've repented of. I don't, no, ah, ah. I'm not talking right now. In fact, whatever you want to show me, whatever you want me to hear, it's not happening now. I got in the word and I've, read through my daily Bible reading, which I'm really enjoying, along with about 160 other people that have signed up for that. And it's not too late. You can go ahead and, and uh, be a part of that. If you could put the QR code up right now, if you could find that while I continue to preach. You go ahead and scan that, and you can be in on it. That's the link that takes you directly to it. So you say, I don't want to read that. Okay, well, just read something. Read the Bible. Read, read something in the Bible. Amen. And uh, some of you don't want to do it because you're just rebellious. And then someone in authority encouraged you to do it, and you're not going to do it because, because you're just stuck in your rebellion. Nobody here, of course. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. So I read through the word, and I began to listen to this song. And I just wept in the presence of the Lord and he began to give me strategy and show me and speak to me and tell me that which is going to take place. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have a word from the Lord when you're going through difficulties, you're in deep, deep trouble. We are going through challenges in our nation. I know we can kind of drum it up maybe to say, well, there's a lot of challenges in the Matsu. That's true. But nobody's trying to kill us because we're Christians. I mean, it's difficult. Thank God nobody's died that I know of. I don't think we've had any deaths. Praise the Lord for that. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Do a little bit of a better job. What God is looking for is he's looking for a people who would understand their calling, understand their purpose, and get lined up with him so that you could receive a plan from God. And so that's what you see Moses did. That's what you see Joshua. That's what you see Moses and Joshua did. That's what Deborah did, David and Goliath. David and Goliath, the same thing. Goliath says, I curse you by my gods. I curse you by my gods. I curse you by my God. And, and David's like, oh, yeah? Well, the Lord's going to take your head off, and I'm going I'm, I'm to win. 
in the name of the Lord. He calls on the name of the Lord. In fact, in that text, he says, the battle belongs to me. The battle belongs to the Lord. And that's what I heard the Lord say a couple mornings ago. The, the battle belongs to the Lord. I don't know. They all blend. I don't know what day that was. Is that today? And then I got these notes from Dr. Morocco, the message that he preached. It's called, The Battle Belongs to the Lord. And I thought, I think we're on to something. And I kept hearing Jehoshaphat and the story of Jehoshaphat. And I want you to go there. It's my main text. I'm not going to preach long to you, but by the grace of God, I'm going to preach strong to you. Second Chronicles 20. David declares victory because the battle is the Lord's. In 2 Chronicles... 2 Chronicles 20, go there with me. And you can stand up on your feet now if you so like. So, so desire. We're going to read the word together, 2 Chronicles 20. Woohoo! let's go. Are you ready? After this, verse 1, the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Moonites came, make war on Jehoshaphat. Some of the men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It's already at Hezon. Our alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Well, that's a good response. Alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. He proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town of Judah to seek him. I want you to go to verse 5. Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Oh, th th this prayer is so powerful. Oh, let's read it. Oh, Lord God of our fathers. You are not the God who is in, are you not the God who's in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Come on, say that. No one can withstand you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They lived in it and have built it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity, now he quotes 2 Chronicles 6, which is a prayer of Solomon. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, will it stand, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. He goes on to pray. It's powerful. Go to verse 14, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazalel, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but I'm close, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of, the son of, the son of, a Levite. Everybody say a Levite. Levite. Descendant of Asaph. And he stood in the assembly, and he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, and they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. And you will not have to fight this battle 
Everybody say that. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions and stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Everybody say that. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out in the face and face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some of the Levites and the Kothites and the Kohorites uh, and, and all the other that were there stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. With a what? It's simply unbiblical. Let me just say, it's simply unbiblical to worship God and not make sound. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and they set out. I'm in verse 20. Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out ahead of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Just a couple more verses. Let's say that. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures. Try it again. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, he said ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Wow. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Seir to destroy and, and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men of Seir, they, they helped to destroy one another. The men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, and they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went and carried off all the plunder, and they found among the great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value. Oh, my. There was so much plunder, it took three days to gather it. Father, move in power, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This time of prayer and fasting is a time to declare that the battle belongs to the Lord over your unsaved family, over the broken places in your life, over that which has been stolen or taken. It's a time to declare the battle belongs to the Lord. But I found this. I had a choice on that morning, which I think was maybe this morning. I don't know. I had a choice. I had a choice to get in and grab my phone. Man, we're going to fix this thing. Let's get to fixing. Some of you need to, don't just, you know, stand there, do something. How many of you ever heard that? Don't just stand there, do something. You know what the Lord says sometimes? Don't just do something, stand there. And the Lord told me, you just stand, you just praise, you just let my word come. I'm going to give you a strategy. I came out of that, I came out of my prayer time, which honestly was only about 20 minutes, with something burning on the inside of me. Something shifted on the inside of me. And I began to pray and pro prophesy when I got by myself. I was losing my mind in my truck. And it's, ah, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Say it. The battle belongs to the Lord. Come on, he's the author and the perfecter and the finisher of the good work that he's begun. But you know what? He's not going to fight any battle on something you authored. He's not going to finish what you, what you made up to say, Lord, bless this. Lord doesn't bless stuff that you created. Please hear me the right way. He gives us the desires of our heart, but some of you just go headlong into all kinds of ventures and, and ideas and businesses and marriages and strategies 
without even talking to God. They cry out here in the text. Jehoshaphat cries out and calls for a fast. I think he learned that by his father. It's Asa, King Asa, I believe. Asa fasted and prayed. Learn to fast and pray. If you're not fasting, get on board. And when you fast and pray, would you believe God to give you strategy? Ask him to show, you know, the battle belongs to the Lord, but at the same time, I had to do my part this morning. So many people want God to just, just do it. Just, just do it, God. Yeah, no, you had to get your carcass out of bed and come to church. You, you had to do your part. You, you do your part, God does his part. You can't do God's stuff. He won't do yours. You have to show up. You've got to pray. You've got to live holy, resist sin, resist the devil, and he will flee. You've got to put, fold down your humanity. You know you've had too much sugar and caffeine. Back away and seek God. Come on. I might be preaching to myself tonight. Second Chronicles 2020 used to be the code on our gate at the building. It is no longer, so I'll just tell you. 2020. I like the New King James Version that says, believe the prophets and prosper. We have a prophetic word over our church that it's going to be a city on a hill, that it's going to impact not only the entire state, but the entire nation. It's going to impact not only the nation, but even the nations of the world. That thousands of people are going to come to hear the word of the Lord. They're going to stream to that, that, that hill. They're going to stream to that gateway of the city and receive healing, receive deliverance. We have a word of the Lord over 24 hours, seven day a week prayer. I've got so many, man, I've got eight track tapes of what God said he's going to do in my life. And I don't even think I've, I've seen half of them come to pass. We're going to see it come to pass. Believe the prophets and prosper. Say it. I'm going to believe the prophets and say it like you mean it. I'm going to believe the pro... Am I yelling right now? I'm going to believe the prophets and prosper. Come on, say it again. I'm going to... I can usually tell when I'm yelling because my turtleneck's too tight for my neck and it starts pounding, and I know... They cried out. Crying out is the beginning of your miracle. You begin to cry out. Set times. Teach your kids. Teach your kids. I hope one thing that I've imparted to my children, and I and honestly don't know if I have. I, I hope that I have. I pray that I have. I hope I've imparted into their lives prayer. I've gotten up and gone to prayer ever since I've been here, and I've been going to prayer long before I arrived. And I, it's not something I liked I don't like getting up early. Maybe you do. Glory to God. Oh, yes. Let's get up at 5 a.m. Woo! Pastor Kirsten, some of you are like that. I'm not like that. I have my personal time with Jesus around midnight. So I've had to curb that and change that and force myself to, stru to structure. Listen, Christianity is a, is a passion-driven thing, but you have to have disciplines. You say, I'm too tired. No, no, you're too tired not to get up. Get up. Get up. By the way, if you don't have a passion and a purpose that drives you out of bed to pray, then you need to change whatever you got and get a new, new passion, a new purpose. Amen. They cried out in desperation. 
and reliance upon God through fasting and prayer. And they called a whole, a whole national fast. And we are in a corporate fast. And they, they get this prophetic word. Notice they didn't get the prophetic word before that. They got the prophetic word after. And they get a battle plan. And the battle plan is insane. It's totally defies all logic. And you've heard me say it. I'll say it again, that logic many times is the guillotine of your faith. And I've had the Lord speak to me at times that I just thought, one of the ways that I know that it's God's voice is one, it doesn't contradict the word. Two, it's so unusual that I would never think about what he just said to me. It, would, it's not, it doesn't have the fingerprint of Daniel Bracken on it. It's like, what? Are you serious right now? I am, son. Oh. I remember once our churches, it wasn't here. We weren't growing. We, it was, we ran, hit this plateau. And I don't know if you ever hit a plateau in business. You know, here we had a plateau in church. We just, we just weren't growing the way that, that I had seen it in my prayer time. And so I started, you know, just like, Lord, what's going on? And man, God spoke to us. I think it was in Kauai. He said, don't worry about how many people come in here. See how much of me you can get in the building. We shifted everything, and man, did the church begin to grow. It's not that we were worried about people, but our focus, and we're concerned about people. We love souls. We're here to reach the lost. But some of you are so focused on external things when if you'll just seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, see how big a heart you can get. Well, I wonder if I'm going to be the next worship leader. What if I'm going to be able to next president of the corporation? What if I, I wonder if I'm just, I wonder, 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 wonder. See how big a heart you can get for God. In this time of fasting, see how close you can get to the burning bush of his presence and watch what happens. He changes everything. He changes you. He changes your priorities. I had an unusual thing as these two um, challenges came upon us this week with this facility. It's thousands and thousands worth of damage. And a unique challenge at our new building. The new building challenges were, were, were potentially <laughs> catastrophic in the natural I said potentially catastrophic. So when I, and I, it was like I got a report from somebody who, who, who doesn't believe like we do. When I heard that report, it was like, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, it was like I, I felt this give up come on me. I know what it is. It's a demon spirit. Gotta be careful. I had to riff my pants right there. <laughs> I know what it is. It's a demon spirit. It just, I've, I've felt it at different times, critical times in my life where this thing try to come and shove me in a box and get me to quit, give up. I don't, I'm, I'm no, I've been, too, been through too many battles, too many victories the Lord has done for me. I don't go there anymore. So the second I feel I'm like, oh, it's you. And I begin to break out. I was not even concerned. Please don't hear this the right way. I heard about the challenge at the Lucille building. I'm like, whatever. Whatever. Lord, help our new building. What's with Lucille? It'll be all right. Now, normally, this would be a huge problem. 
But we have something else that was far larger. If you would begin to see the purpose that you have in life is far larger than a snowstorm. It's far larger than losing your heat or bursting a pipe. There are souls that lie in the balance. And even Jesus said, Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith might not fail. How many Peters are out there whose faith is failing because you won't fast and pray and you keep filling your mouth with chocolate macadamia nut cookies when God's called you to the house of prayer. God wants to pour out his spirit and you're like, oh Lord, you know where I live, God. You know where I live, so I live right here. And if you want to touch me, go ahead. I'm going to tell you, hunger and thirst for righteousness and you'll be filled. There's a passion. There's a, there's a fire that God will put on you that will release the glory of God. you got to stir yourself up. 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 Am I yelling? Lift your hands to heaven. Oh. Black keys. No. I know you all think I'm joking, but actually I'm serious. I just don't play anything that you know. Flow on there, do that thing you do. Samuel on the guitar, please. Give me the bass and the drums. That's it. What is the strategy that God gives Jehoshaphat? Fat Joseph, what does he get? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, just, yeah, show up and send all the worshipers out. Yeah, no, they don't need swords. Excuse me? Yeah, just send them out. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Can you imagine? Well, the battle belongs to the Lord. And they go out, work. I mean, can you imagine? What kind of insane plan is that? What has nothing to do with the logic of this world? Has nothing to do with the reason. As James says, the reason and the logic of the world, the wisdom of the world is, is foolishness, it's devilish. Oh, but there's a wisdom that comes from God. There's a wisdom that comes from God. There's a strategy that'll be given. The secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him. Come on, play that guitar. That heavenly sound you have, real chill-like. I'm, I'm looking for something. Lift your hands one more time. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid, no. I will not be discouraged. I will but not be dismayed. I will not be dismayed for you. Come grab a mic. You are with me. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. 
I will not be afraid. No, 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 no. I will not be discouraged. For you, O oh God, are the author. For you, O oh God, are the finisher. You are the one who called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. I will not be afraid. We will not be discouraged.
pastors. There's a release of power coming to the body of Christ that we've never experienced before. There's been outpourings in this state even in the early 90s. It will pale in comparison to what the Lord's going to do in the days that are just ahead. If you will set yourself aside, push yourself aside, fast and pray and cry out and walk out the strategy. They position themselves. They position themselves and then God. They believed the prophets and prospered. They positioned themselves. They began to worship and then the breakthrough. Positioning yourself means like getting yourself in morning prayer. It means getting yourself in a life group. It means getting into the word of God. It means living holy. Positioning yourself away from the mockers and the scoffers. When you're full of fire, you go back and minister to them. It's not that we're going to leave them alone, but you've got to position yourself for a fresh outpouring. It doesn't just come with that smug face that you have on and yet God can touch you if you want to. You're full of pride. You need to break before him and let him fill you and touch you and change your life forever. I'm telling you, there's Peters that are waiting. There's Peters that are, that are going to fail if we don't follow through. You say, that's a heavy responsibility. Yeah, it is. And God's entrusted the greatest message in all the world that ever will be. The glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given to us to work. Angels can't preach. Only people can share how to be saved. Only people. How are you witnessing? When's the last time you invited somebody? When's the last time you went out of your way? Won't you let the burden of the Lord come and break upon you? Even tonight, lift your hands. A few moments longer and we'll be done tonight. Many are called. If you were chosen. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it talks about the anointing of the Lord that breaks and destroys the bondages and yokes off of the people of God. And I began to pray that God began to break Shabbat off yokes off of his people, the yoke of poverty to be broken right now in the name, right of, now, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every yoke of, of, of poverty, break everything, God, break it off of your people right now in the name of Jesus. It is the anointing of the Lord that destroys, desecrates the enemy. So, Father, we pray. Break right now, Jesus, 
anointing Hold destroys the yoke of sickness and disease. So right now we in come together in agreement and we break off and destroy disease spirit and yoke of sickness, sickness COVID-19, you gotta go. cancer, everything that's not of you, God, you destroyed by the charge of your anointing, God, and destroys the yoke of bondage. Everything, the spirit of suicide that's over this area, break off the spirit of suicide, God. Come on, someone say amen. We pray over Colorado with all of the fires and the challenges there. We pray, God, over all the different difficulties and problems in our nation. From the White House to every house, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit in the nation and the nations of the world. Come on, just for a moment longer. We pray for the nations, every nation, every tribe, every tongue to come to the knowledge of Christ. Lord, we take our place tonight. We accept the responsibility for the souls in this region and beyond and all those that you've called us to places we're not even at yet. I call forth evangelists, I call forth intercessors, I call forth prophets, I call forth the fivefold ministry giftings, I call forth kings in the house of God. I call forth and pray even now a Cyrus anointing down upon business people, down upon your people. I call forth the wealth of the wicked which has been stored up for us in the finishing of this building and the completion of the project and even beyond, even for Eagle River. I call forth everything we need Lord, for Anchorage and beyond, every village, God, that doesn't have a church, God, to help us to do that. Help us to reach, Lord, all around the world to fulfill the vision by 2025 to 1,200 congregations around the world. Help us, God. And in it, I pray for the fulfillment of purpose for each and every Joshua and each and every Moses. I pray for the hand of the Lord to come upon you tonight and these next uh, 19 or so days that you would be overwhelmed by visitation and an awakening in your heart, that you would have the wherewithal and the grit to resist, to push back and to press in, especially in relation to attitudes, to be kind to people, not to strike with the wicked fist and false fasting of Isaiah 58. Lord, that we would seek to be a blessing, to help to clothe the naked, to help the widows, to help the orphans. Lord, that our, we would be kind and gracious. And as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And God, you're doing that even tonight. Release vision, release dreams, release strategy, even like you did for the prophet in 2 Chronicles 2020. Release the prophetic word of the Lord for, for the year 2022. If you're not right with God, give your heart to Jesus. Do it tonight. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Come on. 
Come on, band. Just let the Lord touch you. Flow.
you say amen tonight? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you.